Loading artist Audio inside Loading artist Audio inside Oh, it's Oddcast, it's Oddcast, it's Oddcast Yeah, yeah, yeah Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care Loading artists, audio inside. Loading artists, audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's Oddcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you. So sit back, oh yeah, it's Oddcast. Loading artists, audio inside. Loading artists, audio inside. Yes, you have to find out what works for you, really, don't you? Because I think everybody has a different way of, of approaching it. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps some people like to just work on one for a short period of time and then go on to another one. Right. I quite like intense working. But some things come quickly. But, you know, some paintings do just come quickly. Right. No, it's true. Like this one, I mean, I, I was working on it maybe for an hour. Yeah. You know, probably wouldn't have taken that long if it weren't the paint drying you know and uh, but I, I've been trying to like be a little more like aggressive or immediate or, or like to paint faster you know yeah I felt like I was a sign painter last year you know and like the beginning of the year and where you know now I'm just trying to say you know just make the make the statement you know and move on yes I agree with you that that's where I am in my work actually I'm trying not to fuss them over too much right sometimes right. you have to but I like the directness of statements as well. Well, let me just welcome you, Fiona, to Artcast. It's lovely to be interviewed. Thank you. So my first question is, what were some of your first experiences with painting, and when did you feel like you got serious about it? Uh, well, I've always known I was a painter since I was three years old and lived in Africa because the colours and the shapes and the deep shadows down there have always stayed with me. Um, and since that time, I, I've drawn and painted. When I was a child, I used to fill books with writing and painting because I like to illustrate my own, my own stories. Oh, cool. And uh, it's just something I've always done. I can't remember not doing it. Yeah. Oh, cool. But yeah, that does yeah. relate back to Africa a lot, actually, because I think I was very affected by living down there. Yeah. How do you think colour, like, affected you? Uh, you know, I think it was the contrast between the colours. Because down there, people wear very bright colours on, the, on their clothing. And oh, okay. head scarves, and there's a lot of fruit, and there are trees covered in flowers. And what I remember of it was the clarity of the colours. People wearing... Yeah strong reds and yellows and blues and whites and the trees and the very deep shadows 
underneath things. I just yeah. remember at three years old thinking, wow, this is fantastic. And the <laughs> landscape as well was fantastic. That stayed with me too. Yeah, I know. I, I, I feel that way about your work. Like there, there seems to be very landscape inspired. Yeah. I'm trying to get a, a, away from that because I don't want too many references. And then it yeah. takes you into different territory because if you haven't got a tree to fall back on, you know, you have to think, well, you have to think a lot more about colour and shape and how the colours are meeting and what kind of forms you want to have in there. It's really right. difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure. And it's funny you say the clothing and yet no figures. Have you ever painted the figure, like in, yes. in your painting? Yes, um, I've painted the figure a lot. But when I lived in Cyprus for 14 years, I used to go into the Turkish baths and I actually painted in the baths. Oh, wow. So I'd sit in there with the water dripping down on my head and my paper. And <laughs> I still work from those sometimes because every That's now and then I like to paint from the figure. Right. But I think it it would be a bit more abstracted now. Yeah. I have got some of my figure paintings on Facebook in one of my albums. Oh, okay. Because I, I love the figure, but I quite like it to be abstracted, like the paintings of Keith Bourne, who is a painter that I really like a British painter, and he painted from the male nude, but he really abstracted them in his later paintings, they're just shapes. Yeah. And that that's something I'm quite interested in exploring, but at the moment I'm into the landscape. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so are you ready for another question? Yes, I am. Okay. How important is formal art training to an artist? Well, um, this is something I've thought about a lot, because... I'm glad I, I did have some formal training, but I don't think everybody needs it because uh, we were talking about staff early, earlier on before we started the interview, and staff had no formal training. Oh, wow. He just learned as he went along. Right. And some people can do that. His technique was fantastic. His, his shapes and his colours were really fantastic. Um, I'm also thinking of a British painter called Alfred Wallace who was a naive painter. He just did what he wanted. I think sometimes, yeah. you know, if you have too much technique and too much in the way of a formal education, perhaps it could get in the way. Yeah. But I'm glad I had it. I'm sorry? I'm very glad I had some formal training. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's four years for you to experiment right. without any other worries. When creating a work, do you use any sketches or preliminary work in the process? I come at it from lots of different angles because I see it as unlocking a door and different days I have different ways in. Some days I, I work from drawings because I do a lot of imaginative drawings with pen and pencil. Some days I just start from the paint. Sometimes I just like to throw colours and shapes and see where they lead. Uh, sometimes I work from photographs or old paintings. So I kind of do a, a mixture of different things. I know some painters like to work very much from sketches and, and they use just those, but for me it's kind of multi-layered really. Yeah. Do you ever use the computer at all uh, to, you know, say fix color or anything like that to, to experiment with? I haven't used the computer very much, but I do use technology from, from the point of view of using photographs. Um, Sometimes I cut things in newspapers. Oh, yeah. Yes, because sometimes um, 
it's a very strange thing because I've become interested in shape and colour and how they move across the canvas. That tends to affect how I look at pictures in newspapers. And when it, often when I'm throwing out newspapers, I'll see something and I'll think, oh, I love those shapes or colours. And also the same with the television. I very often, oh. I use the pause button a lot because I'll see something and I think, I love that shape. And I'll, oh. I'll take a photograph of it. It might be a news item or it might be a close-up of something. And uh, I've got a lot of photographs I'm planning to work from. It's just that things kind of reference where you are in your creative process in your head. And they sing out to you, photograph me, or cut me out of the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. do. I'm, I'm sure you find the same thing, don't you, that things are cutting across your imagination all the time. Yeah, it's funny. I've been noticing a lot of grids, and I don't think they're really showing up in my work at all, but okay. just spending time mainly on the Internet, you see how everything's arranged. and Yeah. Yeah, so it's really interesting how that all goes, and especially if you jump from one program to one program or, or like, website to website. It's just this strange visual sort of, like, bombardment of, of, of yeah. Me. Do you ever find that they come into your dreams and then you wake up the next day and draw them and that goes into a painting? Because that happens to me sometimes. They kind of, oh, really? Yes. I feel like my dreams are pretty uh, hyper-realism. Like, I don't really... Um, I think that the only thing that my dreams inspire is probably when I write. Okay. You know? So, that it's interesting that you say that because I don't know that... Like, my, my dreams are pretty literal. I don't think they're very abstract. So that's pretty much what what happens with that. Yeah. Yeah. What's the most experimental thing you've done to a work? I wish I could say I've done something really experimental and really cool, but working with paper, the most experimental thing I did was cut something up and then layer it over other pieces of paper with holes in them. And oh, okay. With canvas, the most experimental thing I've done actually is is destroy destroy work and paint over the top. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I sandpaper them back, and then I put gesso back on top of it and work back into it again. I'm not really very experimental, I think. I mean, not from the point of view that you know people who are assembling things in a really different kind of way. How do you get yourself out of creative block? I just work. Yeah. I find the best thing for that is to work. I used to have a lot of problem with that some years ago, but I find now that if I put three or four canvases in front of myself and without any pressure, I just go from one to the other and it starts to create a dialogue, that gets me out of creative block. I think yeah. I have more of a tendency that I tend to be very dissatisfied with what I make. And that's a kind of block as well, isn't it? So Yeah, it can be, yeah. I'm sorry. I just paint more paintings really. And some well, some of them end up not being resolved, but other better stuff comes out of them. Yeah. I've I've um I think you've mentioned that you like to work on more than one painting at a time too. Yes, I do. There yeah. I worked on four. Oh wow. <laughs> but little ones. Right. So it was quite easy to go along and change them and because I was working with acrylic I was able to work fairly fast right, yeah, so anything yeah. I didn't like I just went straight over it and that's quite liberating isn't it 
Yeah, it really is. Actually, I love doing that. I love to see the image disappearing and something else coming out of it. I think that's yeah. where the best things happen. Graffiti work more, would you say your other work, looking at art, life, or something other than those things? Um, it, it's lots of things, because I find that it's a constant sifting through stuff around about me and my experiences. I think each day is probably different. I do look at a lot of other work. I look at people on Facebook a lot because I love seeing what's going on. And I look at my drawings and I always have questions in my mind about things that are not working in my paintings. So that affects how I come at my painting. Uh, it's lots of things really. Even, even stuff outside in the garden or walking along the street. Right. The flowers behind you. <laughs> <laughs> or stuff on the television affects me as well. Yeah, that's interesting you say that. Because um, I don't, I get, I don't really watch TV. I don't have a, a working television. <laughs> not necessarily by choice, just by default, I guess. But yeah. yeah, it's probably better not to have one actually, because yeah, I think my television is a, is music, so yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I think lots of things feed into my work, really, because I find it, it's a balancing act. Uh, yeah. I, I try not to be too forceful in saying it has to be done this way or it has to be done that way. Just what, yeah. whatever feels right on, on the day that I'm painting. Right. But I'm very visual. So I think most artists are. You know, you're affected by stuff you see around about you, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. The time, really. Do you take photographs much? Or? Yes, I do. Um, I see something lovely outside, I photograph it. I take close-ups of things. Um, I find that the more I paint, the more thing, things around about me seem to call to be photographed. But not necessarily to copy them, but just to use their visual arrangement. Right. Certain shapes, um, this is what I was saying to you earlier about things calling out from the television. Certain shapes have a dynamic to them, the way they cut across the the picture plane, and that really yeah. interests me. So when I see something unusual on the television, I just pause it and I take a photograph, and then I turn oh. it upside down. You see, and see see if it has the same dynamic from another angle. Yeah, yeah, the computer is great for that, huh? Yes, it is actually because I do that with my own photographs on the computer. Right. Sometimes yeah. I can get better colours when I when I photograph the painting. And I, I start to alter the colours to see if it might look better with the blue perhaps shifted a bit more towards turquoise or a bit darker. I'm sure you do that too. Sometimes I like the photograph better than the painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, um, I constantly, uh, I'll take a photograph of one of my paintings and then I'll just constantly rotate it on the computer to see which, you know, which, which uh, um, orientation I like. That's really interesting, actually, because did you find it difficult to decide, or do you find that one orientation shouts out to you that this is better than the others? Some do, and uh, the nice part is when, you know, say the four orientations tend to work similarly, or or or, or in, in strength, so to speak. Yeah, but sometimes it's you, know, you can find, oh, that's not right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I find sometimes that um, 
one will will very definitely say to you this is how it should be I've had paintings that I've worked on them landscape format and then I found that they looked better vertical so it can be really strange I don't know whether it, it should look better from all sides or whether it it should just have one orientation that you know that is the orientation for it but it is interesting seeing how it works yeah I think uh, every artist seems to potentially have their own thoughts on that whether <laughs> it should work on all sides or you know especially upside down and what have you but I don't know some paintings I think work you know like they'll have that that specific orientation that just kind of sings for it you know yeah yeah Okay, so this is uh, this is my favorite question. I'm not sure if you you see on the list there. Oh yes, I've got it next to me. Oh okay. <laughs> so, can you use three to five words to describe your work? Uh, do you mean like a sentence? Uh, it could be a sentence, or it can be uh, separate words, or. Uh, how I would describe my painting, and I thought about this a lot. I would call it surfing on paint. Surfing on paint. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Because this is how I feel when I'm painting, actually, especially with the colour. Perhaps I should say surfing on colour, because that that's how I take it, that I put the colours on and I kind of roll them around a bit and layer them and just see what the dynamic is and how it's working from all different sides. So I would say surfing on colour. Oh, that's great. There's, um, it seems like some of your paintings, you really kind of push this uh this like i guess spatial relationships yeah and some of that's like in some of your work is obliterated and it becomes a very like two-dimensional experience with you know and you still have brush stroke and dry brush and stuff like that but yeah some dimensions taken away and is that do you feel like that happens like say on wood versus canvas or or does it does it not depend on those things i do find uh painting on hardboard different to painting on canvas I think it, it gives you a different kind of brush stroke, doesn't it? Yeah. And sometimes I like to have a kind of contrast between the flat surface and more of an illusion of space. So I think possibly the um, as the support does affect how it comes out. I, I quite like it. About the space, I find the painting tends to suggest its own space when I'm working on it. So I, I never quite know in advance exactly what the space is going to be like, but as the colour and the shapes go down and the brush marks, then yeah. it starts to set up a relationship and that determines the space really. Yeah, yeah. I do cool. like flatness though. Yeah. But I have a kind of um, argument with myself about, um, you know, really deep space versus shallow space and flatness. Yeah, there's almost like this, um, like, say some of your more flat work would probably be more of a uh, an aerial view of, say, the landscape in yes. some way. Yes, that's right. The, the, of course, the the more the more depth that you have in some of the paintings could be, you know, with your feet on the ground kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think, you know, when you start to work in an in abstract way and you get rid of horizon lines and sky... It, it just takes you into such a different territory and you think have to think about space in a different way, don't you? Because you don't have any markers to help you, like trees yeah. and houses and stuff, things that people can say, oh, well, that the space ends there. 
right. you know, this is one of the problems I'm working with at the moment, actually, how to determine the space. Yeah. So it's an adventure, really. Yeah, and which elements help you help that or that's, hurt it? Or? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I have uh, some notes I made about your work, if you don't mind if I read them off. That's okay. Okay, so I feel like, you know, I mean, the colors are beautiful. Don't don't get this, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but for some reason, there's like a grittiness to them. Yeah. Especially some of the more two-dimensional abstractions. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, by oh. grittiness, do you, do you mean um, that the color, the color is hard or harsh? I think more of the painting technique. Does that make okay. sense? Like, yeah. paint handling from the brush and yeah. et cetera. Well... Because I like to see, I like to see traces of the hand. I really like, you know, to see the fact that it, it is made, you know, by somebody and it's layers of thought. So I like to be able to show that, you know, there was a thought process in it. I don't like to smooth things over too much. I just, yeah. I like the directness of experience, really. Cool. Of course, you can't have too much going on in there, which is one of the things that I'm struggling with to make them a bit simpler. But I do, oh. I like the grittiness, actually. I do like to see the grittiness. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just thought about how you do have a lot going on in some of the works, and yet they seem well orchestrated to me. So. Well, so they get changed a lot. Yeah. Because I think, you know, with my work, people either like it or don't like it because it can seem very, um, very harsh and almost clumsy. Um, yeah, easy in a way, like if that makes sense. Sorry. Like, like I was going to ask you if some of the paint is thick. Is it? Yes, it is. But there's there's a lot of um, actually I have do have a lot of thin paint. I alternate with acrylic and oil paint, and I scrape things back a lot. I work a lot into wet gesso. Oh. Cool. Things get changed around a lot. They, they kind of look might look as if they've just been done in you know a couple of minutes, but they can take weeks. Yeah. Which is why I work on a lot at the same time. Right. Yeah, I don't have patience for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you, you lose hold of a painting and yeah. you just and have to let it go. Right. Because I find that, you know, if it goes on for too long, I either have to start it again completely or, or just leave it. Do you find, um, how is your relationship to your older work, like let's say maybe from last year? I feel it's changing because some of the new work, which has really become a lot more about the brush mark and the placing of things, I feel it is changing. I'm still interested in colour and I love mark making. I love especially calligraphic, gestural type of mark. Right. But, it, you know, it's how to get it into a cohesive composition where each part is, is playing its part you know what I mean, you know, rather than ev everything kind of trumpeting at the same time. I'm just trying to get it so that things, there's a bit more simplicity in there. But I don't mind if it's flat, <laughs> as long as it has some feeling of illusion. Yeah, right, right. It, it, it's more about, uh, it seems like the brushwork in some way, like in the, the flatter paintings. Yeah. Yeah. So... My next question is, who are some of your favorite artists? Oh, that's a really difficult one. And I'm sure a lot of artists have found it difficult answering that question. 
So I've written a few down here, just so I don't forget. Um, okay. Matisse, of course. Um, I like Franz Klein, Robert Motherwell, Grace Hartigan. Yeah. I mentioned to you last time. Uh, right. Diabin Korn, uh, Stuart Davis. I love his work. Um, Pierre Soulage. Yeah, I, I don't love that. his um, gestural thick marks of paint. Uh, Polyakov. Um, as an artist called Sir Serge Polyakov, who works with shapes um, of colour, I think I think he could have been Russian actually. Though I'm, I wouldn't like to to bet on that. Right. But, um, I love his work. I love the way that he he uses a flatness, but also textures of paint. So right. it can be read flat as well as um, textural. Um, I like Jacob Lawrence. I love the way he coordinates all that busyness into a cohesive composition. I've liked yeah. painting for a long time. Um, Joan Mitchell, Howard Hodgkins, Ivan Hitchens, who works a lot with brush marks and areas of colour. Yeah. He's a big influence on me. Peter Lanyon. I like his work very much. <laughs> English? Yes, Peter Lanyon, um, Howard Hodgkin, uh, and Ivan Hitchens, uh, British landscape painters. Oh, okay. They're cool. my favourites. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have a piece of work by any of them. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so that's your list? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I could think of so many more. Obviously, right. Picasso as well. Hero. Yeah. I love Miro's work. I love okay. the drawing element in his work because I think, um, as you were saying earlier, my work has quite a strong um, drawing element because I like to yeah. draw with paint and I like to draw with colour. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I love that concept of drawing with colour. Actually, I got that from Staff. Oh, okay. Cool. He always used to say to us, you know, don't draw an outline and fill it in. Yeah. Take the colour on your brush and draw with colour. And that's what I, I like to do. So the colour in itself becomes an entity. Yeah. That, that's what I suppose really in my paintings I'm trying to do. I want each colour to have its own character and to be like a little entity. So even though it's not a person or a tree, it still has a characteristic of its own, if that makes sense. I always like to think of um, paintings as having characters as far as like the actors in in the in the composition or in the in the yeah. sort of a theater production. Yeah. You know. Well, some, so some have, have to have minor roles, don't they? And some have to have major roles. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So my my next question is: Do you have an artist quote you'd like to share? Actually, you know, today I went online because I, I wanted to find that Picasso quote. Okay. And I googled a Picasso quote, and I found so many. I found, I found two. Is it okay if I, I do two short ones? Of course, yeah. Well, the first one, he said, is, everything you can imagine is real, which I think is a really good one. Yeah, yeah. And the second one, in art, intentions are not sufficient. 
what one does is what counts and not what one has the intention of doing. So those cool. would be my two. Yeah, great. I could say a lot more because I found many more by him, but I think those would be the two that I would keep in mind when I'm painting. Yeah, that's cool. So I know someone in your life who's been very influential, and you mentioned him once, or actually a few times, Stas Parascos. Yeah. Did you want to say something about your experience with him? Yes, I would just like to say that for a young artist, he was the most amazing teacher. He taught us to be daring. He taught us to have no limitations on, on what we did on the canvas, especially when it came to colour. And he was so encouraging. I've known him for many, many years. And whenever I paint, he'll always be somewhere in how I'm thinking about painting. And I miss him a lot, actually. And uh, just just for the people listening, perhaps that they might they might not know to know that Staff died today. Okay. And that's yeah. why we're talking about him. I was really shocked to hear one of my friends, Valerie Brennan, who you know as well, right. because she went to Lemba, and Bridget also, who went to Lemba. Right, right. We've all got beautiful memories, Staff. Yeah. I know Bridget did have, uh, she brought him up in her interview. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, that's all my official questions. I'm not sure if there's anything else you'd like to bring up. Um, I can't really think of anything other than to say that, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, that painting is such an ongoing thing that, and I think most painters, because they're working with particular issues, that it's just it's something that you always you always carrying around with you when you're walking around during the day and thinking, right. how can you make it better? Because I find for myself that there are points in my paintings that I try to resolve as each painting, as I go from one painting to another, I'm very aware of the things I want to resolve. So as well as working with a subject matter or, or idea, I'm also very conscious of where it's not working and what I've got to try and strengthen, right. if that makes any sense. Do you, do you ever find um, stepping away from the painting and, and just keeping, maybe not um, consciously keeping the image in your mind, but just like as an unconscious or subconscious thing going on? Yeah. And for help you resolve the painting? Uh. Yes, if I put it away for a few days and carry the image around in my head, often when I come back I'll see that it's too complicated and something needs to go. Yeah. Because I like complication in works. In fact, it's how I seem to naturally work. I seem to want to add bits and it can go on too long and that's what I'm trying to resolve at the moment. I want to have works that have more simplicity. Yeah, it, well, it seems like you handle complexity pretty naturally. You see, since I was a child, I've always drawn and painted images that had lots of things going on in them. So, perhaps, yeah. like you say, that is my natural inclination. Perhaps one can't work against it in the end. No, you can't fight it, it's going to win. <laughs> now, that would be an interesting thing to talk about, wouldn't it? Can you change who you are at the depth of your being? Yeah. You know, are, are you just who you are? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, even as even in life, you know how much you can change. Change. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah. I think there's so many great parallels between painting and life. I, I often say that if I could... I, I think I said this to you when we spoke the other day. Yeah. If I only lived like I painted. So, that's, yes. that's my... Yes, I do agree. There are so many parallels. I think painting teaches you about life, and life teaches you about painting. It's a constant yeah. flow, isn't it? Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> you know what? Um, did you want to talk about your book at all? Or? Uh, yes, my book does relate to my painting quite a lot, really. Because I lived in Cyprus for 14 years. Right. And at that time, I was painting... My theme was Nicosia rooftops because I was living in Nicosia and I found it so incredible because you could sit on the flat roof and you could paint the city in all directions. Yeah, yeah. And that really got me into colour because it was a completely different colour and light down there. And yeah. also because staff being Cypriot, um, that, that was the main reason I went to Cyprus because I went to Lemba to study with him for a while. Right. And the whole experience of being in Cyprus led me to write my book. So it kind of overlaps with paintings as well, because I've written about painting in the book, but not necessarily in a formal way. I've just written about the experience of being a painter. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I was living in a divided city. It, it, okay. it is still divided. The country is still divided. It, it's about, about two-thirds Greek Cypriot, and I think one-third... Turkish Cypriot. So oh, okay. I'm not sure how accurate that estimation is. Yeah. So I wrote a book about the experience of, of being a woman painter sitting on the street painting at a time when women didn't do that. Yeah. And about all the different things that I painted, the painting commissions, and also it's a romance. So it, yeah. it's several things combined actually because I've written a lot about the history of the island and about painting, about um, the people that I met, painting in the Turkish baths as well. I wrote about that in the book. But it's written as a novel rather than me writing about me. Okay. So it's no, what, different characters. I'm sorry? It, it's not... Um, it's, though it's written in the first person, it's not actually um, written about me. It's an experience that I've translated into a novel form. Okay. Because I wanted to have a, a level of detachment. Right, um, yeah. If that makes sense. Well, it's kind of like with a painting, no? Yes, it is. Yeah. I so really what, enjoyed what, writing it. Yeah. What, what's the title of the book? It's called The Jagged Green Line, which refers okay. to the green line which cuts through Nicosia and which cuts through a lot of people's lives. There was a lot of tragedy down there. And, uh, and basically, my book refers constantly back to the green line and how okay. it affected my painting as well, because I was actually painting views along the green line. Was there a tension involved? Oh, yes, there's a lot of tension, and uh, I've put that throughout my book. I've put yeah. that actual events that happened down there, actual shootings, and uh, lots of trouble. It, it's a bit more settled now, and things are quite different down there from the point of view of there are lots of painters now, and women do sit on the street painting. But back then, it was a very tense time. Right. And it was quite unique for me, coming from England and le leading a very sheltered life up to that point, 
and suddenly, because I've fallen in love with somebody, I find myself in a totally alien situation. Yeah. And that's what I've translated into my book. And it it was a, quite a learning process because I've never written anything like that before. Yeah. And you're going to laugh when you hear this, but it only took me 15 years. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wasn't doing it all the time, though. I was concentrating on painting, but I'm glad it had that time to mature because it's a bit like a wine. I think it got better. Yeah, well, I was just thinking it had that breathing space involved yeah. and yeah. in the process. So it allowed me to detach and it allowed me to really think about connections between all the parts because you've got such a different process when you're writing a book because with a painting, you can see what's going on in front of you. But with a book, because you've got the time element involved between reading all the bits, you have to have um, proper structure and proper connection. Right. You know, otherwise it just ends up fragmented. Yeah. And that's what took the time. And I, I reckon I did about 70 drafts altogether. Wow. That's it. Well, congratulations on finishing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm starting the second one. <laughs> of course, you've got the bug now. <laughs> yes, well, it, it, it's marvellous. I, I love doing conversation. Doing conversation, yeah. it, it's a bit like, you know, your little touches of colour you put on a painting. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to have a cup of tea and go to bed soon. Good. That sounds nice. Yeah. Well, let me just thank you for talking with me. Thank you very much for interviewing me. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Um, have a nice evening. Yeah, you too. And good painting tomorrow. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you too. Yeah, enjoy the tea. <laughs> okay, well, take care anyway. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I really love that because when you're working on something, you know, at some point in the future, it will come together, or it won't. But there is something waiting ahead in the future, and I, I just love that with painting, because it's such an adventure. This has been Oddcast. Thank you from me, your host, Philip J. Mellon. Keep the dialogue going. <laughs>